on a smooth Friday afternoon. How's everyone doing? It's the teddy bear. Welcome to the zone night tracks and today's artist spotlight singer, songwriter, guitarist, simply known as the voice. Lord have mercy. <laughs> the legendary Mr. Peter Beckett is joining us today. Sir, how are you doing? And it is an honor to have you on the show. Oh, it's an honor to be on it. I'm, I'm very, very <laughs> glad you were invited me. Do I call you Mr. Burr or Teddy oh. Burr? <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, we all brothers in music, so it's all good. So it's, it's, all, it's all the same. You, you, you sound like Barry White, you know that, right? <laughs> I, I've been told. I've been told. Thank you so much for the compliment. But it is an honor to have you on the show. And I got to start off by saying that your music has influenced and touched so many lives over the years. And it, it has always fascinated me coming from England, to be more specific, from Liverpool and being surrounded and engulfed by so different, so many different mixtures of music between rock, pop and blues. How did that influence you as a youngster at that time growing up? Well, going way back when I was like about 14 or something in Liverpool, um, I had a friend a little older than me and his dad knew the bouncer on the Cavern. You know what the Cavern Club is, where the Beatles yes. started, everybody. And uh, we were too young to get in, but he, he talked to this friend of his dad's and his dad said, you can go downstairs for three minutes and then get out because you're too young. And it was a lunchtime session for the Liverpool office workers, you know, and um I went down and the Beatles were playing on the stage and it's just three brick tunnels. There's very little ventilation, smoky, loud, loud, loud. And it was the most amazing thing. I was just like, freaked me out. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so amazing. And it was the Beatles and they were playing some other guy. He was a, a good rocker, you know, and that changed me. That was it. That, that's what I was already playing a little bit of guitar and stuff, you know, but that's, that's what made me get serious about the whole thing. Well, your music has definitely evolved. And I wanted to ask you, as far as songwriting is concerned, have you seen songwriting somewhat been downgraded in the, and there's a lot less emphasis on songwriting the way it used to be between the 60s, 70s, and even around the early 80s? Possibly. Um, there's, some, there's always good stuff around. There's always bad stuff and mediocre stuff. But um, I th still think there's some good stuff around. The reason the whole Yacht Rock thing is happening, and I have my own explanation for this, is, is this was the point at which the organic side of songwriting and, you know, playing changed over to the machines. The drum machines came in and the synthesizers, you know this, and... That's when everything changed, early 80s. And I, I was guilty of it myself. I'm a songwriter. You know, I got the machines and I, I did all that stuff for, for TV and movies. And it's a good way to go for that kind of stuff. But, but music changed right there. And so the turning point is the yacht rock genre. Most yacht rock music and hits are from mid-70s to early 80s. And um, all guitar, piano, Hammond organ, harmonies, three-part harmonies, very organic stuff, you know, before all the voice tuning and all the synthesizers came in. So, you know, that was the start of changing everything. And I don't, you know, 
I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> I'm sticking to my guns and doing what I do. Right. I understand. I mean, I remember on many occasions in my living room watching the Midnight Special and seeing great <laughs> artists perform and actually sing, actually having the ability to pick up an yeah. instrument and play. And I'm saying somewhere along the way, we made a right turn to Albuquerque and we seem to have lost yeah. a, lot, <laughs> lost a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. What are your feelings on that? Where do you think, I guess in some way, are the musicians to blame or do you think it's just the pressure of the music industry in general forcing a lot of these artists to become quote unquote commercial? Well, it's nothing like it was for me. It's, I mean, trying to get a song in a movie when it was my turn, um, I, I kind of escalated myself beyond the cattle call and where it were, you know, I knew the, the music supervisors and stuff, and I already had a bunch of movies logged in. So I got to the point where they'd just send me a tape of the scene from the movie and say, write a song for this. And you know, it would get in or it wouldn't get in, but I, I, it was a simple procedure and I'd get paid a decent amount of money and I'd get a piece of the action and stuff. Now bands, you know, they're, they're like paying to play. You know, it's like these guys say, hey, we'll put your song in this movie and if you give us the publishing for it or give us some money, you know. So I don't really, like I said, I don't really understand the music business today. It's, uh, it's a little strange. Well... <laughs> That's being kind yeah. when you say that. I mean, during that time, I think a lot of artists were just happy to have the ability to play live, yeah. Yeah. being discovered. It was just a thrill of that camaraderie. And I wanted to ask you, and I, and if, it's always kind of kind of boggled my mind. How is it that you can start off as a group, as a collective entity, an energy? all for one, one for all, then all of a sudden you have egos that become involved. <laughs> and then all of a sudden- Oh yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden they say, wait a minute, mate, we were, we were together. What happened? Do you think, is it the label or just the idea of more monetary gain and it just infuses an ego telling people that you're better than actually what you really are? Uh, I think most bands that have been around for a while, I'm amazed by bands that have actually stayed together and have all the original members and stuff, you know, right. but it's, it's not always possible with, with most bands, you know, it, it's egos, you know, people try to take over things and uh, there, there's lots of inside stuff that goes on and, and it's, it's a shame. I mean, think about it, you know, the Rolling Stones, Lennon McCartney didn't like each right. other at the end, you know, <laughs> the Eagles, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, this film of them literally fighting on stage on mic, you know, <laughs> crazy. So, you know, even bands in the yacht rock genre, the, you know, all the bands have problems, you know. Right. Guys leave and, you know, claim this, that and the other. It's just the way it is. Right. I've always, I guess from an outside looking in, I've always looked at it that, you know what, as brothers, we're going to have disagreements. We can agree to disagree. But at the same time, this is our this is our baby. We all come together. We have one common goal because we can sit up here and have solo projects and do our own thing. But at the end of the day, this is our baby. 
This is our mothership. Yeah, but the baby gets old yeah. <laughs> and gets older still. Right. And then it's not a baby, you know. Do you think a lot of times it takes away when you're in a group collectively, it takes away from the individuality as far as being able to express yourself as a musician? No, I've never really had that problem. Um, I was the lead singer in Player and um, it was basically in the end, all my music it wasn't in the beginning. It was me and J.C. Crowley. But um, he left and others left and I continued making albums with my music, you know, so that's what I do. I was in Little River Band for eight years and I right. was standing <laughs> in the back right. <laughs> playing their songs. But the one thing that was good about it, they'd bring me down to the front every concert and I'd sing Baby Come Back and it would, you know, place to go crazy. So I've always had my shot, you know, my shot to get out there. So, you know. Rock stations were really influential in playing, as far as playing music, especially in the 70s. And I've seen them over the years pretty much kind of disappear along with record stores and everything now is Internet. How were you able to kind of navigate or kind of just say, you know what, this is the direction that we need to go in now to be able to get my music out to the public, especially now as far as social media being so advantageous? Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not a huge social media guy. I have people <laughs> that do that for me, you know, right. <laughs> because I, it gets on my nerves, the Twitters right. and the, you know. So I remember the days, Tower Records. I used to live in an apartment when I first came to L.A., up behind Tower Records on Sunset Strip. It was an amazing place to live. Yeah. But you'd go down to Tower Records and there was music blasting and they'd make a big deal out of new albums coming out and you'd pick up the album that was this big, you know, and you'd read about everything. It was great. And then of course it shrunk to the CDs and uh, now it's downloads were, yeah. it's a whole different world. It is. You know, it, it, it kind of invisible. It's like, like you said about Tower Records. I remember I would sit up here and work yeah. to earn money to go to Tower Records and I would go yeah. in and just to see the album covers like yeah. Boston. Yeah. And seeing the spaceship on, you know, yeah. the Boston yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, and the liner notes. And it's, you took pride in getting that album or if you were able to have a meet and greet when the artist would actually come to Tower Records. Sure. Yeah, sign. Right. It yeah. was a beautiful experience. And then when they took that away along yeah. with Sam Goody, Musicland, yeah. Warehouse, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Everything now is going digital. But then I look over in Japan and Australia, Germany and Sweden record stores out there are flourishing. They yeah. love wax. Yeah. You've had an opportunity to tour the globe. I still am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not as easy as it was, though. <laughs> it's hard on the old knees. <laughs> do, do, do you think there's a, and I'm saying this being, you know, being here in the States, do you think we've become somewhat spoiled and not supporting the artists the way we should be? And I see over outside the United States, they love the artists. They treat them like kings and queens outside the United States. Well, you just made me think of something. In England, the old acts, I mean, Tom Jones, Humble, Engelbert Humperdinck, all those guys that were huge, you know, in the 60s, they're still huge when they're old men, you know. Right. In England does exactly what you're saying. Australia does it because it's similar to England. Uh, the Scandinavian countries do it. That they really look after the the people of their time, and they keep them going. You know, America is like next. Right. 
and Very that's just America. America's fast, you know, it's next. Well, I still appreciate where my mom would actually turn on a gas oven and we had to wait for things to be ready and be prepared. Everything now is very microwavable. We want it quick, fast, in a hurry. And I think that takes away from a lot of the essence of what music truly represents. How do you see yourself right now as an artist? If you can go back comparing yourself, Peter Beckett today to Peter Beckett 20 years ago, how do you see your range as far as being a songwriter has evolved well i'm a lot more wrinkled and, uh, <laughs> and my joints are not as good but i, I can, can i can still get out there and sing and play i'm still doing it I've, I've got a bunch of gigs coming up which we can get to you know i'm still doing it when it when it really hurts too much or it becomes boring then you know i'll put my feet up and go fishing even when you're not feeling too hot what, well, is the, what is the adrenaline like? The adrenaline like when you perform live? Well, it's it's like people say, why, "Why are you still doing the gigs?" And it's it's the however long you're on stage is great. Right. The bad part about it is getting on the plane for five hours, and <laughs> layovers, and getting on another plane, and then driving. You know, it's uh, it's that that part of it, it is hard for me right now. But I, I love going on stage. I, I've incorporated a little bit of uh, comedy into my act. I tell Irish jokes because I'm Irish. You know, I'm half Irish, so I actually tell a couple of Irish jokes. And if nobody else laughs, I do. You know, so, right. So. You have to give. You have to keep it light and also entertaining. I've seen an opportunity. I've had an opportunity to see a lot of your concert footage. And man, I'm gonna tell you something. You. You are incredible. You are endearing to the audience. They love you to death. And I see the adrenaline rush that you get when you're performing in front of so many people. It, it seems like it never gets old, man. It, well, thank you for that. But yeah, you're right. You know, when you walk out and the people cheer, it, it's uh, it's a kick. It, it really, really is. is. And you want to please them, you know. <laughs> Without question. And for those who are tuning in late, shame on you. But the because once in a while, once in a while, you break a string too, <laughs> <laughs> or hey. you lose your voice or something. That high nose, that high nose is getting harder and harder for me. But I, I'm still hitting it. You know? I couldn't tell. I mean, your voice, <laughs> your and your voice still sounds incredible. I've seen a lot of artists, younger artists, who can't sing worth a. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Auto tunes. Don't, don't, don't mention any <laughs> <laughs> Auto tunes. My Auto goodness, it's amazing yeah. to me when you have somebody that can go into the studio and can't sing a lick, can't play an instrument, and they have all the bells and whistles to create a sound. And then when you go out there and say, you know what? You have to perform live and take it to a whole complete level and can't sing at all. Well, even the live thing. I mean, I'm not going to mention any names now, but there's a lot of bands that I work with, not with, not with, that we do gigs with right. here and there that, that, you know, they have all the vocals taped and in, in some cases, even the guitar parts and stuff, you know, and it's mixed in by the sound mixer, you know, so a, a lot of it is is not as live as you think. Everything I do is, is pretty much uh, what you see is what you get, so if it sucks... That's what you get, you know. But that's the incredible yeah. thing about being yeah. being a band and being a musician. It hurt my heart. I had uh, just recently I seen um, Ozzy Osbourne perform yeah. uh, at the Rams game halftime. The Rams game, 
Yeah, I never and, caught that. I saw a quick clip of it where he's jumping around, but I didn't yeah, see a performance. He was lip syncing to tracks. And I mean, it hurt me because I'm a huge yeah. Ozzy Osbourne fan. And I'm like, come on, we got it. We have to do. We have to do better than that. We have to do better than that. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and tuning out all the negative negativity. Of course, we're being joined by the legendary Mr. Peter Beckett. And I could ask new music. When can we expect a new album, a new EP, something that you can tantalize us with? Because we have a lot of listening supporters out there wanting some new music from you. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, really soon. By, by okay. spring. By okay. Spring. Well, to get all the latest information, make sure you stop by Mr. Beckett's official website. That's at PeterBeckettPlayer.com. And, and some wine. Lord, have mercy. This Tell is us about not just wine. some wine. This is Baby <laughs> Come Back Bubbly. Oh, my. At the label. Go to, go to YachtRockWines.com and buy yourself some, some good wine from, from How many flavors does it come in? Right now, we, we have two, two champagnes, and it's Method Champenois. It's done the same way it's done in France. We have a Grenache Rosé, which is beautiful. And we have a, uh, another baby comeback, Bubbly, which is a Blanc de Noir. And that's a white, and that's really great, too. And we're spreading. We're going to come out with a Cabernet and a Chardonnay soon. But this is running out, this particular one we've got here, the first release. And we won't be doing that anymore. So... Uh, YachtRockWines.com. Get it while it's going. Yes, Lord. So it is written. So it, is, so it shall be done. <laughs> Thank you, family. I see all the positive vibes. Hey, we have a couple of people saying, Mr. Becker, can you please send us some wine? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. What kind of guitar do you play currently? I, Me personally, I have a Gibson, and I love my Gibson. What kind of guitar are you playing right now as far as on your live performances or do you use that for live and it's also being used in studio sessions as well? I, I used to be a Stratocaster guy all the way through Little River Band and, and later player. Uh, and then I got into the Les Paul and I found myself a Dickie Betts um, model Les Paul. Okay. Gibson Les Paul and they only made a certain amount of them. I don't know how many, but then you don't see them around. And it's the Dickie Betts model. It's a custom shop job. And that's all I play. That's what I take on my gigs. That's what I play at home. It's just the best guitar I've ever had. Very you still use, are you still using that finger grease? You mean fingeries? Yeah. Yes, I <laughs> I need some stuff to spray on my fingers, not just the strings, I'll tell you. <laughs> Some real fingeries. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I want to again. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and make sure again stop by Mr. Beckett's official website. That's at PeterBeckettPlayer.com. And now, don't forget YachtRockWines.com. There you go. <laughs> I want to ask you about your time in Little River Band. What was that like? Um, it was. Oh, my wife is interjecting. It's uh, at playerthebandnet Very oh, important. Playerthebandnet Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm love. sinking into the shadows here. I've got a skylight <laughs> over me, and it's 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 late afternoon, so I'm disappearing. You better. I'm turning into a vampire. Oh, hey, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, 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 Little River Band for me. I already was way into my uh, my song, my film and TV career. 
and we had the same manager. I wasn't playing live anymore, a period of about 10, 15 years. And um, it was around 1989, and we had the same manager, Paul Palmer. And I got this phone call from him, and he said, uh, Graham Gopal has left Little River Band, and they've got an Australian tour and an American tour, and they're shooting a video right now from the album Get Lucky, 1989. And uh, he said, he won't be in the video. Do you want to stand in for him? And they shot it in L.A. at some some cowboy club and uh i stood in and i i learned the song you know and i it was lip synced anyway so it didn't really matter but i stood in and then about a f- two weeks later they asked me to go to australia and do like a two-month tour or something and truthfully i didn't want to go because i knew what would happen all my contacts would kind of disappear and uh i wouldn't be on it you know and I just had to do it. Something just happened and I had to go and I did it. And it was, I ended up in the band for eight years after that, playing live every year, touring. And uh, it was, some of it was the time of my life. I went to the Great Barrier Reef and went to Australia, God knows how many, maybe eight times, 10 times, and toured America that many times with them. A um, lot of gigs, a lot of gigs just they still do a million gigs a year. It's crazy. But it's living on a bus, you know, basically. And the crew was on the bus too. So, you know, and they're Australian. So, you know, it's, um, you know, so it's a little bit crazy, but, but some great memories, you know, some really great memories. Well, I just had a question from the chat room. They wanted to know have you ever thought about actually writing a book? I am writing a book. I am writing a book. I've been writing this book since I was in Little River Band, which is a long okay. time ago. And um, I don't, I've got about 320 pages right now, but things are still happening. Do you know what I mean? I don't want the right. end of the book to be that I die, you know, so I'm kind of looking for a good ending, some high point. But there's some really good stuff in there. It's all about Liverpool in the early days, the cavern and all the, the Mersey, the whole Mersey beat thing. And then coming to America, getting a number one record and, you know, and then the, you know, Little Ruben and then the other side of the hill. And I'm real honest about it. And I dedicated it to uh, young kids who are thinking about getting into the music business. And, you know, I say, read this book and I've been honest. It's up and it's down. It's a roller coaster and make your decision after you read this. You know? Right. I want to expand on that a little further. You know, you have a lot of people out there that want to get in this industry that we call music and you've seen it all and experienced it all. How important is it that you have stability and the certain people around you to pretty much protect you from yourself, not allowing you to get caught up in other devices? Because when you surround yourself with a bunch of yes, people they will tell you things that are not productive for you how have you been able to navigate through that over the years well for me as a kid just starting out i got my folks didn't give me any crap about you know not having a job you know what i mean i was playing in europe and everything when i was 17 and i did the whole german thing my parents backed me they they let me do what i wanted to do and um i think that was really really helpful for me however Somebody asked me this. It's a young piano player. 
son of a friend recently and he said i want to get into the business you know should i do it and i said you you have to be 100% because you know you don't always get what you want you have right. to be 100% you if you're not 100% don't even think about doing it because you know it's lightning in a bottle it certainly was for me i was lucky enough to get success and you know that's one in one in what you know i don't even know you know the chances of of actually getting successful there's people a lot better than me who who've never made it so you got to be 100% and understand that you it's kind of a dichotomy because you you have to be 100% but you've got to know that you may not make it too so mm -hmm. it it's a weird thing you know but but i've talked about all this in the book and um, hopefully I'll have the book finished by spring as well as my CV. It's taken me 20 years so far. Hey, you know, hey that's, that's not a long time. You, got, you have a lot more to go. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you have a lot more to go. I, I look back over the 70s, and I had the pleasure of uh, conversing with Chuck Negron from Three Dark Night. I watched a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. and some of the things that he went through and experienced, and it's definitely a blessing to have him still here. Yeah. And I look at a lot of great artists in the 70s that we lost to excessive behavior because it's things that they wanted and they couldn't deal with the pressure. How have you been able to deal with the pressure being an artist when you have so many people pulling you in so many different directions, especially when you were on a major record label at the time? Yeah. Well, I've been through that. Um, actually, the, the last days of the original player uh, were, and it was, you know, it was the 70s and it was just cocaine everywhere and booze. And we were on tour with Clapton, who, you know, uh, and it was everywhere. You know, dressing room, you'd, just before you walked on stage, somebody's holding a spoon up your nose. And, and it was everywhere. And, you know, I wasn't totally innocent. I partook a little bit, but... Some people are more susceptible and some people in player were more susceptible. And we, it was the last night of the Kenny Loggins tour, I think. Can't put a year on it, but I don't know, maybe 1980, 1981, I'm not sure. And uh, the band, the original player band, a couple of people were totally out of control. I got into a fight with somebody and uh, just for being so out of it, you know, and doing stupid things. And um, I just went back to my hotel room and I called the manager and I said, I'm done, I'm out. And uh, they, the rest of the band tried to get a record deal without me and they couldn't. So I, I gathered what decent members were left and uh, went on and did several albums more as player again, you know. Uh, and to your point, I'm not a susceptible as a lot of people are, right. you know, a right. little bit of this and that in moderation. I'm not like, you know, I am in no way an addict to anything. Right. Is it, you know, like I said, I've just, I just seen it, you know, growing up because we're both, we're both 21 and we've been around <laughs> and I've seen it firsthand. I'm like, wow, it's incredible with as far as what peer pressure can do to you to be quote unquote cool or to be in part of the in crowd to do things like that and really destroy yourself. And I consider it a blessing and an honor 
that you're here. You are still making fantastic music. Your live concerts are on a whole nother level. The listeners, as well as myself, can't wait to get some new music from you. And ah. when, it's, when it's ready, please send it to us. And also, again, oh, yeah. give, give us the information about the wine again, because we have a lot of listeners who want to definitely purchase some wine. Okay. The only thing I got to say about the wine is yachtrockwines.com. Get you go. it while it's, we've still got some, because it's really, really good. Okay. And okay. Uh, I just want to say, got a gig, a bunch of rock, original Yacht Rock artists uh, is... We've got a gig on October 15th, um, Family Arena in St. Charles, Missouri, Orleans, Firefall, John Ford Coley, Walter Egan, and the Babies. Wow. Okay. So that's that's October 15th. I'm, I'm gearing up for that right now. I'm starting okay. to you know, okay. restrict my guitars and stuff. There you go. <laughs> so, come on, so come on down. we got another gig in, in California, uh, November the 5th, Rancho Cucamonga, Victoria Gardens. So if you're in California... Come on down, you'll have a blast. You heard it every, first. every song's a hit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Every song's a hit. By train, plane, automobile, and even if you have to get on a Campbell, make sure you go see Mr. Peter Beckett live. Lord have Please. mercy. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor to have you on the show. This is your home away from home. Whatever you need, please do not hesitate to let me know. Continue success and I can't wait for that new album to come out, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Teddy Bear. Hope <laughs> see you again. All right. The legendary Mr. Peter Beckett here in the zone of L.O.T.O. Radio. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and tuning out all the negativity on this ride. Night tracks. Lord have mercy. Oh, want to let all the fans know we got some more for you. Why don't you join us this coming Sunday? September the 25th, 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, as we welcome the electrifying guitarist, Mr. Eric Gales, will be joining us. But again, family, make sure you stop by Mr. Beckett's official website to get all that pertinent information, upcoming tours, and also be sure to purchase his wine. You know, the teddy bear loves a good glass of wine. Lord have mercy. And as in always... Keep it so full here in the zone of LOTO Radio Night Tracks. Lord have mercy. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.